Sarah's moving on, so she didn't screw herself too hard, but she messed up by doing the same thing she does every time she messes up, which is making a seemingly clueless and utterly inexplicable decision to do something that's way out of her wheelhouse for no reason. Well, I think she had to go out of her wheelhouse to just to, you know what I mean, like just... Like, yes. you could have called this competition Welcome to Paris, Buddha, and Good Luck, Sarah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, just you from could its, have. Just from its nature. But what was, the, what was the worst thing about her dish? It was the ridiculous jellies that she added because, quote, I saw all the boys doing their goofy tricks, and I thought I'd better do something, too. That's a terrible reason to do something. <laughs> It is a terrible reason, but I think it speaks to how deeply she was out of her comfort zone in terms I of guess, I guess, I guess. But she you could have I mean? just... But I think I think the fact that she didn't blow their minds with a trick of the eye was not her problem, you know? So for me... Like, oh, I think it was a big problem. I think it was a big problem. Like, the, them not knowing whether it was a tamale or a sushi, uh, you know, I think was a significant problem with their disc, which uh, I, I feel like it's worth pointing out. They all seem to pretty much enjoy the taste of, right? Like, yeah, and that's they why said it was I, by far the tastiest dish. That's why she's still here. Well, they so. said it was the tastiest dish the of, taste the, of the right of yeah. the Sorry, yeah. As you said, this was a welcome to Paris Buddha challenge, and he absolutely, like, this was an absolute grand slam. Yeah, no, that's another part. He's, 
he's killing everyone right now. <laughs> he is. If he at this point, if he doesn't win, I'll be very surprised. When he said four in a row, yeah, was that four? It wasn't. I should I should have the stats up, but that was he just means two quick fires and two eliminations, right? Like he didn't he mean means, four eliminations challenges. No, he means ready. he means he has won the last four events on this show. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I was like, man. Oh. <laughs> but it's ridiculous. But, I mean, he is so far ahead of the field right now on everything. I mean, yes, this whole week was good for him. There were molds and there were tricks of the eye, but he also made the best tasting food at every turn. And 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 I don't think like look, Tom did some wild stuff visually speaking and got sent home, right? I I, I don't think Maybe we are making enough of it because I rave about it every week. But I don't know that you can overstate how impressive it is for this guy to consistently blow the minds of the best chefs in the world. Consistently. Yeah. Yeah. Every week. (laughs) Every single week. It is really wild. And, like, I just want to eat that guy's food, man. It must must just be unbelievable. You know what is – extremely weird is like the name of his restaurant is like not seared into my brain do you like do you know where he like makes his living i absolutely do not and i don't even think he has his own like i mean he's got a credit down there right like under his name it always says something and it oh, always here we go okay and I, <laughs> he does he okay okay so he he has his own he is the executive chef of like a small like a it's a thing inside Marquis Caviar in New York. He has a restaurant called Huso. Um yeah. Okay. So he does have his own place, but but no, I did not know that till I just googled it. I have a feeling he's about to be building an empire, but... Um, I mean, if he goes back-to-back, back, that's not going to hurt. Yeah. Um, and it seemed like... I mean, it, it just in terms of, you know... I mean, from the way he was sort of talking about the situation with his wife, right? That it pretty much was... Like, he got off the other thing, and then they started filming this thing, right? Yeah. Like, I don't think there was a like big gap. It seems like it was back-to-back, back. yeah. Yeah, so... Um, so he probably hasn't had a chance to build out a whole lot yet. <laughs> I'm gonna guess. So, uh, but I would, uh, you know, to get back to the point, let's, let's try his food very much. And I have a feeling there are a lot of other people um, uh, who would be in that same boat. So I don't think he's gonna have um, any problem filling his reservation book. So and you know, and also I would say credit to him as well. Like he had an advantage, but he still really wanted to challenge himself. I think yep. to get all of those things on a plate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, truly an incredible job. And you know what? I Shout out to Gabri, who once again showed us between these two challenges in this one episode that in any given challenge, he is capable of being a complete disaster or really awesome. Yep. <laughs> That's going to continue. It seems uh, tough for me to believe that he's going to run the gauntlet of these two final episodes uh, without something going wrong for him. But, uh, 
man's capable of surprising. He is capable of greatness, and he also is, I think, my favorite like character on the show. And uh, El Gato becomes Le Chat was my uh, favorite part of the episode, I think. <laughs> the El Gato thing is great. <laughs> it is. It's great. And by the way, uh, I also quite enjoyed Sarah's line this week when she said, there's a fire going on in this belly, and it's not heartburn. Yeah, she had some moments between that and flashing back to serving time and jello shots, yes. which I had forgotten about. Yes, yeah, so did uh, I, but I immediately <laughs> remembered when I saw the clip, and then her 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 sprint at the end of the episode was also a yeah. highlight. Yeah, when she tried to do that, like, little, like, kick up. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah. And by the way, so, while uh, we're just doing random notes, Ali was like a back alley sandwich merchant in in his school days i thought that was an incredible (laughs) fact he's like i wasn't really a foodie but i did make 150 sandwiches a day for my fellow students like what yeah i just got really into my sandwiches (laughs) incredible stuff okay i did i did think and while ultimately it's a good line uh, I want to put the alley in the finale. Felt felt very producer fed to me. It did, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I totally agree like with that. A little out of character for him. You know I mean? Yeah. Did you remember, by the way, that Sarah was Jewish? Because I did not. I did. You did not. No, I don't know how that didn't stick in my head. But I was. Oh, she, yeah, she's brought it up more than once. I was. I was totally surprised and delighted, and then. Uh, immediately realized that this must be at least the second time I've had this feeling about her being Jewish, because there's no way I never realized it at some point in her original season, probably at the moment she made matzo ball soup. I was going to say, she made matzo ball soup on the show before. She's talked about, you know, being a Jew in Paducah, Kentucky, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. and that on the show as well. And, uh, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? So, so yes, great I Jews <laughs> in cooking. I'm proud of her. <laughs> <laughs> I um, do you think she's got a shot to win this thing? Well, look, like I said, I'm going to be shocked if Buddha doesn't win. He's just too good. Um, that being said, you know, my one takeaway from the scenes from from next week was that they made a point of putting a, a line in where you know Tom was like, "All of you absolutely killed this and showed us why you're here." So, you know. Look, at, there is a level at which this is anybody's game because they all are capable of greatness. It just seems like Buddha is consistently great in a way that, I don't know. If I had to power rank it, I'd go Buddha, Ali, Gabri. Well, maybe Buddha, Ali, and then Sarah and Gabri about even. Uh, I, I, would put, I would put Sarah and Gabri. Um, yeah, that's fair. But I, uh, to me, it's like when you, if if you're saying you all killed it, I'm like, oh well, that that favors Buddha. Like basically, yes. these other three are gonna need Buddha not to kill it. <laughs> right? I I think so. that's probably true, but at the same time, you never know because when everybody kills it, it's always some weird little thing that gets the one person sent home. So that's you, true. And look, it's not like it's not like Buddha hasn't been beaten. Many- 
you know, several times a season. Yeah. So, yeah. so you know what I mean? Like, yes. You know, he does seem to be hitting fun. his stride, though, winning every single thing on the last two episodes of the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although, again, uh, these two challenges really played into his hands. <laughs> uh, well, but you know what? I would have thought they played into Tom's strengths, and he shit the bed twice. And and I think, you know, he said it himself. He overdid it. He was so excited to have something that was in his wheelhouse that he, like, focused on the wrong things, overthought it, and just didn't deliver yeah. great dishes. I was kind of thinking he maybe should have made that cigar thing. Interesting. Right? Did they show the picture of I was like, yeah. oh, that looks cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and, and um, again, like, it's clearly this is the stuff that he does. And I think maybe that made him overly ambitious and overly confident. Yeah. How great was he? He was like, Tom was like, you know, I was on a seaweed farm in Norway and I was inspired by the, <laughs> I was like, this is so Tom. <laughs> Very Tom. And, and you know what? I, I'm going to miss him too. He was entertaining. He was a good chef. But I do think, like, uh, it it can be tough for the for the sort of one-note chefs to get all the way through, even though he got incredibly far. Like, he's... He's very specific, and everything he did was so overly technical um, that I think sometimes they get sick of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I would also add, so. like, we'll, we'll give Sarah a bit of a break because, again, it's way out of her wheelhouse. But, like, as clever and tricky as Tom can be, the fact I, – I my, my radars – you know, my antennas immediately went up when he was like – it's going to look just like caviar and taste just like caviar. I was like, that's not really the brief. And that's kind of right. what Padma said to him is like, if it was going to look just like caviar, which it did, it should have tasted like taste something like... totally different. So, right. Right. Um, not and I think that it's not made of caviar. Exactly. Right. And I think to a degree, like, I, I think the the point was clear. And as you mentioned, they love the taste of Sarah's. She was never really in danger. She was more or less the middle of the five. But when it and came... She did, she did say she was safe. Kind of, that she thought she was safe. So I think she correctly surmised that. Yeah, agreed. Because they said it was delicious even when they were criticizing her. But, you know, the I forget who said it, but one of the judges was like, I think basically Tom overdid it and Ali underdid it and the choice was like who messed it up worse and and I think yeah, ultimately I, my, what it my one issue with that was that they were essentially supposed to be grading the look and the taste of these things in equal measure right right and Tom's was the best looking of those dishes aesthetically so yeah um you know, it's that like so that part of it to me, like the like the notion that Sarah should be safe just because her food tastes good, like well, but tasting good is only literally only half the challenge. So right, but I mean, I think when both of the others had significant taste issues and and like neither of them nailed the brief either, as good as Tom's looked, it wasn't quite the trick it should have been, right? So that right. is part of the visual grade. Um, so yeah, I just think the fact that they were like. I want to eat more of Sarah's soup. Ultimately, they weren't going to send her home. Yeah. Uh, not often we get a guest judge on the, on the show where you're like, that guy fucks. But that was, uh, that was oh, where man. Was that. <laughs> I, and, and I don't want to make this too weird, but can, I, I think it'd be safe to say that guy fucks tantrically. 
because he was about <laughs> as chill a dude. Like he was, I I, I don't know that he we've ever zen, right? incredibly zen. Yeah, <laughs> I was a fan. What can I say? I was, <laughs> I'm surprised like Gabri didn't like try to attack him. <laughs> well, look, I mean, we don't know. Gabri did did get his like weekly horny moment of the episode in when he was like. They were like, what are you going to do in France? He's like, find some random dudes and French kiss. (laughs) (laughs) Sam was not ready for that either. She was like, okay, dude. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) He's nothing if not consistent. I just love that guy. He is is a delight on television. El Gato. (laughs) El Gato. Le Chat. Um. All right. Uh, anything else you want to add about uh, Top Chef this week? No, I, 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 not really. I do think just it's it it lines up to be a really good time in Paris, a really competitive final. I'm excited. Yeah, it's it's been a really uh, a truly excellent season. Kudos to them. Yeah, and and I I think like the the multicultural part of this season has been like a rare treat, you know, as wonderful as top chef always is. Um, it's usually a lot of Americans and seeing all these different people from all over the world and all the creative stuff they can do with food has been delightful. Yep. Uh, I feel like we see this world on stars format again. Um, yeah, I'd love to see it again. I agree. At some point in, in the too distant future. Um, all right, speaking of uh, smashing successes, let's, uh, let's talk about air. Um, oh, okay. Because I just, I, uh, I just really, really enjoyed this movie from uh, top to bottom. I have got to say. I no notes for air. I, I also have no notes in terms of, uh, you know, improving it. And, yeah. and I would just tack on top. That, I mean, look, a, a lot of the parts of a good movie are here, right? It's a, a, a excellent cast, top to bottom, a, you know, well-written story. But fundamentally, this is a an unexciting tale of a man, a, a, not even a, a man, of like a... a barely out of college student choosing what shoes to wear and yeah. somehow it was and, full and of you know, and you know you know which shoes he's gonna wear <laughs> yeah. and it's full of tension and suspense and drama and it's excellent i honestly it kind of blew my mind yeah that's that's exactly exactly how i felt like i don't you know, a story uh, about corporations battling each other. <laughs> right. right? Like, should not be this compelling. Right. Um, and a story and, where and literally is... we know everyone we're looking at is like filthy, stinking rich now because it all went so well. And yet, like, tense. Yep. Yep, exactly. Um, it's tense. And I think it's so. I don't know if it, it's about. If it's just about how it captures, like, you know, vision or, and and passion or, or risk, um, 
but I don't know. Like it gets it, it it just gets all of those things, and I really I love the way the story is told. I love how transporting it is. Yeah, like you just feel like you're in the eighties, and the music I did not too. Expect this, yeah, exactly. I did not expect it to be so soundtrack heavy. Yeah, um, you know, it, it gets a lot of that. Um, you know, really well, and I just you know, um, it was a just a really enjoyable, easy, easy watch. Um, and um, shout out to Chris Messina. Oh man, I'm so glad you brought that up. As uh, impactful a role as I've seen him in to this point. I mean, he's always good in things. And yes. Him in lots of things. But, well, and um, David Falk is like, you know, I mean, I'm sure for, for people like us who are basketball nuts, like he's a huge character in the history of the NBA. And right. I just thought it was a pitch perfect performance. Everything about it was like just enough Jeremy Piven from Entourage to be super entertaining but also like felt like a real felt like the real guy i i thought he was excellent and the scenes with him and damon just like you know riffing on the phone were tremendous yeah and like like for those guys to really be able to play off each other like not even really like they're barely in the same room at any point in the movie yep um you know uh, I thought Chris Tucker was delightful. It was Excellent. kind of great to see him. And, and like, uh, the world weariness of Chris Tucker kind of fitting into the weariness of this role. Yeah. Sort of like, worked really well. Yes. Um, and and you know. also just a very, like, straightforward role by Chris Tucker standards. Like, he he was not being all crazy or anything. He was just being a guy, and I thought he was really good. And... You know, Matt Damon, like, <laughs> look, there's a lot, I, you know, there's uh, there's a lot going on when we talk Matt Damon, but the guy really has just put together an unbelievable career of wildly varying performances. I mean, that fat slob SOB was goddamn born, you know? It's, yeah, he is... He's a hell of an actor, man, and he he carries this movie in a lot of ways. I mean, everybody's great, and Viola, Viola Davis, obviously, the goat was tremendous, but he's he's still doing it, man. Matt Damon is about as good as anybody. Yep, you know, and it's it's weird. Like you don't feel like he necessarily gets talked about in the same breath as like DiCaprio, but you know, he should be right. Totally like, agree. You know, um. You know, he's he's putting together a body work that's pretty um, outstanding, and I would say does it with less vanity. You know what I mean? Than yeah, I think seems some of, to some of the other actors of great actors of his generation. You know what I mean? I mean, even um, even compared to his buddy, seems to do it with less vanity, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, you know, uh, Ben Affleck was not afraid to look bad in this movie. I, I no, he think. and you he's gotten I mean? a bad rap throughout his life. I think uh, more than more than deserved, just because he's he's made a couple of tough choices. But uh, he he was really good here too. And I mean, they must have gotten some kind of sign off from Phil Knight, uh, but it wasn't exactly like a hero's portrait of Phil Knight. So I, I respected that. Like I, I was I'm very curious as to what Phil Knight thinks of the movie. Actually, yeah. Well, I wonder what Michael thinks of a movie where he's not in it. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I mean, it's weird. It's kind of like he's like 
I just watched Boogie Nights last week, you know what I mean? And in some ways, he's like he's like the dick in Boogie Nights. You right. Know what I mean? like, yeah, you finally see him at the end. <laughs> yeah. But, like, uh, he's... I, I but you know he's, he's there, like, and you know he's 13 inches long, you know? Right, exactly. And it's like, <laughs> and, it's, and it's the real deal. You know he's the real deal. There's some real star power there. Um, but I would think he would like it just because... Um, it was, you know, so much about his mom. He like, loves his mom. You know I mean? and, and by the way, shout out to Loris Jordan, who is still doing it. She's still in Chicago helping people and being awesome. Um, so cheers to her. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I don't know. I just thought this was wonderful. I will uh, watch this movie again at some point. I don't know exactly when. I, I, <laughs> we are We're fully on the same page, and I just... I really just sat there watching the whole credits being like, I can't believe how good that was given like the content of the story. There's just, it's, there's not a lot there, man. And they really nailed it. They really did. Yeah. Uh, Nice job. Nice job. Everybody involved was there. Um, Turning to the other basketball movie. Um, I'm not going to say I have no notes for this one. Um, but I would also say, like, like, what did we say last week that I had, like, a 51 on Rotten Tomatoes or, like, a 49 or something like that? Yeah, like, not good. Um, but I think that's, like, exactly right. Like, it's not terrible. Like, it did, I was worried that it was just going to make me cringe. Uh, it, correction, it, it is, doesn't... it's polling at 27, uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, oh, which oh, I think, wow. I think that is unfair. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, no, it's better than a 27, I would say. But here's what I would say. It, it is. I almost think that if they had just called this. Hustlers. Yeah, ex- you know I mean? Well, yeah, probably not that. But but yeah, like mm. like who puzzle or something. I mean, that's a terrible name yeah. for a movie. But if this was called who puzzle, I think. People would have watched it and been like, well, that's a lot like White Men Can't Jump, but not bad. And I think it 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 is it it did nothing but hurt itself by forcing the comparison to what is a modern classic in in White Men Can't Jump. Cause it really didn't try I mean, look, I don't know about you, but when we talked about this last week and how sort of concerned we both were for what it might end up being. I was worried that we were going to have Jack Harlow trying to be Woody Harrelson and Cinqua Walls trying to be Wesley Snipes and God <laughs> knows who trying to be Rosie Perez. I think the no best one is trying to be Rosie Perez. That's, that's what I was. Sure. It's the best thing they did. The best thing they did is not try to have anybody be like they just that character is not in the movie, and the girlfriends are totally different than they were. In White Man Can't Jump, and frankly, the story fundamentally is different. The the yeah, like, this is a it's a reboot. It's not a remake. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and I just think it it hurt itself by forcing this comparison because honestly, like it's a I think it's a fine movie, and I thought Jack Harlow was actually pretty entertaining, and the way he chose to play that part, like I got it and I liked it and I liked that, although obviously. There's some similarities with the ridiculous clothes. Like, it's a totally different character than the Woody character. He's really not yeah. similar at all. He's, and he's not, right, he's not a bad actor. He's 
he's not a great actor, but he's not bad. No, he's not bad. Yeah. I, I thought he was pretty entertaining. Cinco Walls is good. Like, the story is not terrible. I mean, it's a pretty average movie, but, like, not an unenjoyable watch. It's just when it's called White Men Can't Jump, every moment I'm thinking about a, a great movie that I love that this is clearly not. And it, it lacked so much of the the sharpness, even yeah. with, like, the basketball scenes and the trash talk and, um, and, and you know, some of that just that the way those games would go in the original. Yeah. You know Although I, mean? I would and say then, this, I, you know, Harlow and Harrelson might, might've been a matchup. Sinkwell walls is much better at basketball than Wesley Snipes was. <laughs> well, yes, I mean, the worst part of the <laughs> original. The original. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's try, it's trying to get you to believe that, that Wesley can actually play ball. Um, the basketball scenes I thought were better in this, in terms of the, the quality of the, the basketball, but they, you're right. They didn't have the same, like pizzazz or suspense. Um, I, I, I don't know. I kind of just wish they had made this movie and called it Hoop Hustles and just like made it a little more different from White Men Can't Jump, and it might have just been a decent film. You know. Yeah. But then we just would have compared it unfavorably to Adam Sandler's Hustle. That may be true, and we also may not have even watched it, right? So, I mean, who knows? Um, yeah. But, but I like. I think in part because I had such low expectations, I was like somewhat pleasantly surprised. Yeah, like you said. I mean, I pleasantly surprised. Right. I felt if, like, yeah, this is very mid. Basically yeah, like a it's like a five or six out of ten. But when you're expecting yeah. a two, that's like not right. the worst way to spend a few hours. Right. I was bracing for the cringe, and I never really had to cringe. So for that, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm grateful. And I will I'm say, grateful. I, 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 you know, uh, <laughs> the like there were some jokes, and and Vince Staples is really funny. I. I didn't even realize that was Vince Staples. <laughs> I really, I, I, I really like Vince Staples. I just think he's a funny guy. Um, and I wish there that my it, it, my number one note would be more Vince Staples. Yeah, it's time. <laughs> um, all right, so let's talk about Primo. Yeah, um, I'm interested to hear what you think about this because I, I just I don't know. I'm I'm very curious. Yeah, I mean. I enjoyed it. I also kind of get why ABC might have passed on it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, it is a little ridiculous and a little over the top and a little sitcom-y at times, but yep. it's often quite charming. Um, yeah. And um, I would imagine that, you know, just having heard Michael Shore talk a little bit about the experience of making it, and certainly he wasn't saying this, but I feel like he may have the fact that the show does seem to have a really warm heart at its center, I'm going to put that with the, the two principal creators. Yeah. You know what I mean? Shay and, um, and Michael Schur, you're saying. Yeah, Shay Serrano and Michael yep. Schur. Um, uh, because the, the, the show does do that. And it does create, you know, a situation where you do, you don't mind spending time with these people. And that's, that's it seems to be the hallmark of the short comedy is that it's an environment where you can hang, you know? Yes, and and I I do think you know like it it, it would it probably suffers a bit 
by comparison to some of the greatest hits of Michael Shore, right? I mean, it is it is no the good place. Um, it is not as sort of original or creative as Parks and Rec uh, or or the Good Place, right? Like it's not it's not. There's no sort of uh, oh my god, how clever that was about this show. It's just a super enjoyable family comedy. And I, I yeah. like you said that like this sort of genuine, pure, lovely heart of the show where ultimately it's just about a, a group of people, silly people, but a group of people that really love each other. It's just a real, I mean, I watched the whole thing and I, I it was just a delight. It was delightful. Is it, is it, Oh my God! Everyone should run out and watch this. Uh, no, but it's it's really a delight. Yeah, not, I would say like it's not full of belly laughs. You no, know? <laughs> like it's not, not one of those shows. No, uh, but it is full it is. of like chuckles and heartwarming stuff. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I I found myself smiling and grinning maybe more than I was uh, uh, cackling. Yes, but, um, yes. Uh, but you know what? Sometimes for a Saturday or for, you know, like, hey, it's it's time for bed and I need something I don't have to pay to our core attention to. A hundred percent. You know. And um, all of the characters. Yeah, totally. And all of the characters I thought were were like you can you can see that this it, these characters were created with love by Shea Serrano, who definitely knows these people. Right. Yeah, and they're drawn a little bit broadly, but I think that's one of the magic of these short shows. A lot of times that those people kind of get fleshed out a little bit more as you go, you know? Yeah, and I think that's certainly, if this if this show does get another season or two, that's certainly something we could see. And also, I, I would just say that, like, the kids are really excellent in this. None of these people are really known actors. Like, I don't, I didn't really recognize anybody on this show. And No, me neither. Like, it's just the it, the whole thing felt like it was made with love, you know. Yeah, but you also sort of get the vibe that's a lot of people making a TV show for the first time. Yes, <laughs> if that makes sense. Totally, <laughs> totally. So uh, I'm curious to see where it goes because I have no idea. You know, we talked a little about freebie, but like, what is the measure of success for a freebie show? I guess it's if they get money to make more of them. I suppose. Yeah, I suppose it is. Um, it is. Not yet clear whether there will be a, a second season, but uh, Mike Shore has spoken um, encouragingly about. Uh, he says he says they have written a lot of season two, even if it is yet to be ordered. Hmm. All right. Well, we will see where that goes. I guess. Yeah. Um, all right. That covers our culture for the week. Um, do you think that we will still be talking about the conference finals when next we talk next? Well, no, because <laughs> well, we have moved on. The NBA final starts on, uh, I believe, June first, no matter what. So, okay, uh, we definitely will not. However, I, I, I can't believe I'm going to say this because two games ago, I, I, I would not have been willing to even entertain it, but I'm, I'm, I don't think. A Celtics Nuggets finals is out of the question. 
I I am willing to go a step further and say that I think that's where we're gonna get a Celtics Nuggets final. I yeah. I mean, I hope not. But on the other hand, I kind of hope so because I do think it would be a better series. Um, the Heat are falling apart at the seams health wise at exactly the wrong time. Yeah. I mean, it seems yeah. crazy to suggest that an injury to Gabe Vincent would determine the the course of the Eastern Conference Finals, but he was sort of the last line of defense between the Miami Heat and the like Miami G League Heat. Um, <laughs> yeah. And like, I look, you know, that kid uh, Haywood, Haywood. Uh, oh man, Highsmith, Haywood Highsmith. <laughs> You know how badly I wanted to say Jablomi? <laughs> yeah, I do. Because, because believe it or not, that's exactly the thing that went through my head as I was trying to pull Highsmith. Uh, but, I, you know, credit to him. He, he came in and, and did some work. But, like, it's just not – they're just – they don't have – they need bodies. I, I thought the best part of, of tonight's game was Stan Van Gundy saying – you know, if I was the Heat, I would have Caleb Martin's twin brother in the locker room. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and Reggie was like, well, but he's really not a scorer like Caleb. And it was like, they just need bodies, man. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's tough. And I feel for Jimmy Butler, man. I really do because he's pouring his heart out and he deserves another appearance in the finals. Um, that being said. I can't picture either of these teams taking the Nuggets to six games. Like, I just Me think either. it's going to be a beatdown. Um, the, you know, it seems like it's the series has been pretty simple, right? Like, you know, it's the old make-or-miss league thing, right? Like, if the Celtics make enough three-pointers, they're going to win. You know? And in the first well, two games, they did it. That's been the case yeah. for them most of the year. Um, so it's yeah. not shocking. At the same time, like, I think there's there was a world with a healthy Heat team where they could still win one of those games. And as depleted as they are now, I'm just not sure if the if the Celtics play well, I don't know that the Heat are good enough. I'll say this. Right. At the very least, they need an all-star performance out of Bam Adebayo. And I just... I'm not convinced he has it in him right now. Yeah, well, if he has it in him, it's probably in him at home in Game Six. So, oh, if they lose um, Game Six, they're done. So this is this is it for the Heat coming up on Saturday. It, it, like, I mean, I I hear that, but I would remind you that the Celtics uh, are like 500 at home in these playoffs, and like 500 <laughs> at home in these playoffs over the last two years, I believe. So, yeah, it's um, less about home court to me than it is about the momentum and the the pressure switch. Like yeah. right now, the the Celtics are still in a tough spot. Uh, you know, from a series structure standpoint, they the, yes, they've won two in a row, but like they're headed back to Miami. If 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 the Heat are ever going to put together a performance, it's going to be in this game. You know, Spolstra is going to have some creative answers, um, and he certainly is the better coach in this series. If they lose this home game, I it's just it's hard for me to imagine them getting the momentum back, especially when once you're in game seven, it's like, Oh my God, we're on the doorstep of being the first team to ever blow it this hard. That's, that's tough. Yeah, It is tough. 
And then meanwhile, you got Denver just resting up. And beyond, like, I don't think it mattered. I, I really think the Nuggets threw people off the scent by taking it easy for the last 15 games of the season. Including a whole lot of MVP voters. Uh, yeah, yes, uh, well, whatever. Really I, we don't need to do that again. But but <laughs> uh, uh, the, the things that they can do and the level of, of Jokic's play right now, nobody can match it. And, I, I mean, I look at both of these teams and, like, yeah, Al Horford's a pretty good defensive big and Bam Adebayo is about as good a big defender, you know, as we have in the league. But you know who's better is Anthony Davis and – Nikola Jokic made him look like a fool. Yep. Yep. So, and by the way, was not really exploited uh, defensively, which is what everyone right is like. No. The last remaining knock on Jokic, right? Well, and <laughs> and and, and again, like if Anthony Davis couldn't exploit Jokic defensively, how is Al Horford or Bam Adebayo going to do that? It's just or Robert mm-hmm. Williams. Like it's not. I just don't see how it works. Now, look, the Celtics, they've got Tatum and Brown, who are tough matchups for the Nuggets. They've got Marcus Smart to at least try to deal with Jamal Murray. Like, they have some answers. But yeah, with a, an extra think, week of rest and Jokic at the level he's at, it's just I can't imagine it. And I think Denver actually has some decent wing defenders um, well, to throw Porter, at those guys. Porter has Porter's, to play. Porter's defense got, has gotten better, I think, uh, you know, uh, in these playoffs. Like, he used to be a liability. I don't think he's that anymore. Oh, I think he's uh, a liability. Think, like, now, Ron's a pretty good wing defender. Uh, KCP's a pretty good wing defender. Like, they yeah. got guys. They do. So. They do. I mean, none of those guys, to me, are a match for Jason Tatum, who, uh, you know, when he's on is is – Unbelievable. Yeah, but he's also usually not on three to four times a series. That's right. That's right. And Jokic has been on and on and on. And yeah, Jokic has had one bad game this playoffs, and I think he had a triple double in it anyway. Yeah, it's time. It's time for Nikola Jokic to be an NBA champion. Yeah. So, and I think uh, again, in retrospect, like this has been their year since the start of the year. We just got a little distracted down the stretch. Yeah, and I think. You know, um, Murray, you know, taking his time to sort of get back in the flow from the ACL um, contributed to that because I think he's obviously stepped up a level in these playoffs as well. Um, yeah. And if you get the two of them going, it's yeah, you're good luck. You know? Oh, yeah. No, and Murray is a great example of, you know, the old Draymond Green thing, the 16-game player, like, Jamal Murray really has now a, a significant track record of turning it up in the playoffs and in key moments, and that goes a long way. Yep, yep. Uh, it's the Nuggets have been a joy to watch. Kudos to them. I, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a neutral party in terms of, like I wouldn't say I'm a Nuggets fan, but uh, I've enjoyed watching this run, and I'm kind of rooting for them to finish it off. Yeah, I agree. It just feels right. Um, all right, uh, so homework for next week. We got we got ourselves a, a bunch of stuff, man. Um, yeah, we we're loaded up, up succession, man. Right, loaded up. Succession. I, God, I can't believe we're here, but but yeah, it's the end. It's the end of yes. succession. <laughs> um, uh, I can't wait to see how they land this plane. And honestly, 
I have no idea. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's no idea. a million things that could happen next week that, um, that I would find plausible. So, um, yep. it's, uh, it's been a fascinating season and we'll, and we'll kind of, uh, look back, uh, at the season and the show in general next week. Um, what else have we got going on? I, I got two get my new shows, two new Thank shows you. on <laughs> Apple TV plus, uh, platonic, which is, Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne being goofy. Uh, it worked in Neighbors, and I'm ready to see it on a TV show. And then I'm gonna bet they don't have sex. Yeah, uh, based on the name Platonic, I think that's a good bet. And then there's High Desert, uh, which is uh, Patricia Arquette. Um, and <laughs> I think we've each seen one preview for this. And your takeaway was she's like an alcoholic or something. And my takeaway was she's a detective. So we'll see what happens. I think it's both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's both of those things. <laughs> uh, but it's a Ben Stiller production, which uh, has worked well in the past. Yeah. Those two combining forces uh, usually, usually bring some good. It seems like uh, some interesting supporting players as well. So yeah. Bernadette um, Peters, ladies and gentlemen. So, and then uh, the last thing we're going to watch is an HBO movie called Reality. Uh, yeah. It's not about reality TV. It's about reality winner, um, who was a, a figure in the news a couple of years ago. Uh, can we, an NSA whistleblower. Can know. we just talk about the fact that <laughs> when when you say it's a, it's not about reality TV, it's about reality winner, that's still confusing to me? I know, I know. Yes, her parents are the winners, and they named her Reality, which is a choice, um, but it has apparently nothing to do with her story or the film, uh, so uh, we'll see what it's about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in fact, I would say, not a winner. In fact, I would say. No, she does not win, I don't think. Yeah. So, uh, but she's played by City Sweeney, so I guess that's winning in a way. Well, yeah, um, and I, I feel like this is sort of the first uh, film star turn for Sydney Sweeney, no? I believe so. Um, you know, I was uh, I was uh, listening to a podcast about uh, there was a, a Hollywood survey of, like, the actors. Like, they just asked people, you know, age 6 to 75, you know, who were the five people that would most make you want to see a movie? Uh-huh. Uh, and Sydney Sweeney showed up in the top 100 of oh, those wow. people, which I thought was interesting because I don't think she's headlined a movie yet, right? So no, uh, I mean she was she she's a pretty big star. She is, and she has she has been in some big movies, but she has not, uh, and obviously a lot of television, but but she is not she's not been the lead. So yeah, it's uh, I, I'm interested, and I have a feeling we're going to see her in a lot of uh, star turns because I know for at least for one thing, she's, uh, she's going to be a, a spider woman in an upcoming thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think we'll have a lot more Sydney Sweeney in our lives over the next five to 10 years. I think. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on with euphoria, thing. but presumably that's coming back as well. Yeah. I, you know, there's uh 
there's another show from uh, from the Euphoria people, right? This uh, pop idol. That I yeah, I don't know if uh, I want to see that. I've heard some weird things. I mean, I think we got to talk about it on the show, right? All right. With the right, weekend, I mean, make you watch one. With Abel, <laughs> who doesn't want to be called the weekend anymore. Yes, with Abel and uh, and Lily Rose Depp. Yeah. Who, uh, is generating quite a bit of buzz for this role. So, um, yeah, and uh, you know, we um, we 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 have enjoyed her performances in the past. I want to say, have we? Wasn't she in something we liked? I wasn't she. Now I can't remember. Maybe we haven't. I don't know. Uh, I'm excited to check that out. At least I have a feeling we're gonna like it. I, you know, just based on what little I know and understanding why you might be. Hesitant about it, but yeah. you know, Euphoria made people, a lot of people hesitant too, and we're we're a hundred percent in on that, right? So, it's a good point. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we'll see. <laughs> all right, uh, but, uh, but we will hopefully see this week, right? We're a little bit up in the air for for start time next week, but we're hoping to get to you uh, uh, on time next weekend with all this stuff. We gave you an early podcast this week. Uh, we're looking at a, a likely late podcast a potential saturday episode next week but we're going to do our best to get it in so we can at the very least make sure we talk about top chef <laughs> yes absolutely and we, we really hope to see you then all right safe travels to you my friend thank you very much sir talk to you soon bye this game's in the admiral refrigerator the doors closed the lights out Butter's getting hard, the eggs are cooling, and the jello is jiggling. So long, everybody. And do me a favor, have yourself a tremendous evening.